Hey, editing Sammy here. So our beautiful guest, Nancy, was at work at the time of this recording. Um, I've tried my best to edit them out, but there's going to be some really loud whooshing sounds in the background occasionally. Allison said that if you can guess correctly what's creating that whooshing sound, she will give the first person to guess it correctly a free hour-long um, session with her. So go ahead and email your guesses over to hello at pelusteinlife.com. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's Sammy and Allison. <laughs> and we are joined today with Nancy from Art Coleptic Master Coder. We are going to dive a little bit into narcolepsy and how it led Nancy into her path of intuition and then ultimately how it helped her become the beautiful master coder that she is today. Hello. Hey, uh, when did you know you're narcoleptic, dude? <laughs> When did I know or when did I find out? I, I don't know. Right, exactly. There's Wait. a big difference. And also, what is narcolepsy? Side okay. So, yeah, let me let me start with that. So narcolepsy is obviously a sleep disorder um, where basically your brain does not produce enough hypocretin, I think it's called. I don't know how it's really pronounced, but I say it the way I want. Um <laughs> So basically your sleep cycles get completely messed up and, um, you know, I can just go right from an awake state to a sleep, like dream state, deep sleep state, no REM, no light sleep, nothing. And I can do that all night long and it's all wonky and my sleep cycles are really crazy, but it's given me a lot of things to work with. And you said it was like one in 5,000 people have it. Right? Yeah. So one in 5,000 people have narcolepsy. I have two in my house, mm -hmm. me and Ethan, uh, my son. And we have what's called type, there's two different types of narcolepsy. There's type one. Um, so we have type one, which is type one narcolepsy with cataplexy. So basically any type of cataplexy is any type of overexcitement, tickling, being scared, going on a roller coaster, fainting goats. Didn't I say that, Sammy? <laughs> Yes, as fainting goats, but um, it's just we lose muscle tone and we go into like a paralysis and we drop and not all the time are we asleep. It almost kind of can resemble how people drop for a seizure because it's the same part of the brain that that affects. We don't shake and convulse and all that. So we just drop and we're like, we're literally, yes, we look like the fainting goats that fall over. <laughs> the most adorable thing ever. <laughs> it's really not adorable when a human does it. I've seen you do it once. Yeah. Well, you've known me long enough to see that. Yeah. It's scary. So it's interesting to me because I think people really only know anything about narcolepsy from the media, from movies, um, mm -hmm. from that fainting goat um, sort of label. Big low. Yeah. yeah. So how is it to be the person, I mean, experiencing that and how is it very different from what we kind of all assume it is yeah a lot of people see the movies like I use Deuce Bigelow as an example just because there's like that scene where the girl has narcolepsy and she just like falls and the bowling ball goes like right out you know what I mean but 
it's not like that when we fall. I mean, I, a lot of times you get to, I can recognize triggers, um, with me and I'm, I'm medicated. My son's medicated and I'm fine if I'm medicated, but forget it. If I'm not, I have triggers. So I will literally sit down and go, "Mm -mm, I'm not moving for a while. You know, I, I'm just going to sit here. I think the media portrays it as like, it's a funny thing too, which kind of angers me a bit because it's not funny. It's really dangerous. I was died when I was diagnosed. I, my son was a baby and I was driving and fell asleep at the wheel. Like people don't understand that that is a, a, a thing. Like yeah. it, you fall asleep at the wheel and that's part of cataplexy. That's part of a narcoleptic, you know, uh, excessive daytime sleepiness episode is what they call it. And more people in the world, the thing is, is it's super undiagnosed, underdiagnosed. So there's a lot more people in the world that probably have it that don't know they have it. They just think they're tired or they have a chronic fatigue. The interesting thing about narcolepsy, going back to what it is, is where it comes from because it just doesn't happen you have to have it is somewhat hereditary but it's not so in my family I did actually just find out that my nephew is narcoleptic on my dad's side so now I know that this comes from my dad's side of the family I literally just found that out um a couple months ago and what it is is there is a gene, a certain gene in your brain that has to be triggered, almost woken up. It has to be triggered by some sort of illness that you've had in the past. So um, mine was triggered because I had strep throat so much as a kid. Six to 10 times a year, I'd get strep throat. Wow. Uh, Ethan's was triggered because he got Lyme disease. It has to be awakened by something else. You know, with Ethan, it was hard because he, Lyme is a mimicking disease. It mimics MS, it mimics lupus. You can have like a chronic fatigue with it. But because he was so lucky to get my DNA, he ended up with narcolepsy. But luckily I was able to recognize that because I've already been living with it for so long. That's crazy. Yeah. So it essentially stays dormant until. Yep. It has to be triggered. It's not something that just happens like you wake up and you're tired. And a lot of the times it's so underdiagnosed because you'll go to therapy thinking, I'm so, I'm so depressed. I'm tired because I'm depressed. I'm depressed because I'm tired. Like there's this whole like cycle. Yeah, it's exactly. So I was misdiagnosed for 10 to 12 years before I actually was, the doctor was actually like, you have to get a sleep study now. So I was diagnosed as depressed and bipolar and everything else. The reason I was diagnosed as bipolar, borderline schizophrenic, by the way, this is what they told me, um, was because you get something with narcolepsy called hypnagogic hallucinations. So when you're falling asleep, you hear things and you see things because you're stuck in between a dream state and an awake state, but you can't get yourself out of it. So I kept hearing this woman every single night. And like, I kept telling my mom, I kept telling my friend and they were like, okay, you're crazy. And I was like, I'm not crazy. Like, I swear this is what's happening. What's happening. And it took them, I was in and out of facilities because they literally thought I was crazy. And I was like adamant that I was not crazy. I was so tired. (laughs) And I was having these hypnagogic hallucinations, which 
thankfully when you're medicated, they subside. Um, and I literally only take one type of medication. It helps all my symptoms subside. And there's new medications coming out all the time. And my son is starting a new one that I'm super excited about because it's a clean medicine. It's not a stimulant. It's not, it actually goes to the histamine reactors in your brain, which is where everything stems from. And it targets that to literally treat narcolepsy. Like wow. there's no cure, but it literally, like it's a brand new medicine. And luckily he he's 16. It's approved for 18 and older, but because he's 16 and a half, they were like, if you really want to try, we'll let you, I'm like, it is not a stimulant. I want to try it. <laughs> right. I can't do it. I don't have insurance and it's about $400 a month, but my son does have insurance. So we're going to see how it works. So he'll be on and it'll help him kind of create a steady sleep schedule and more. He yeah. So, this, and it's a lot lower dosage than a stimulant that he's going to be on. It's called, it's called Wakex and it's a really, it's, it's a really interesting medication. I've actually looked like, obviously I researched some medications my kid is going to be on. Um, and unfortunately right now he's on a stimulant. It doesn't do much for him and it stimulants can actually keep you awake at night because right. we take an extended release. So there goes our sleep cycles again, being crazy. Cause it's like, well, now we can't sleep because most people don't know that with narcolepsy comes insomnia because you're on a medication that's meant to keep you awake. Mm. So then you have this insomnia and we also get really fun sleep paralysis, but that's another part of this story I'll get into. I'm really excited for this new medicine for him. I think it's, I'm really hoping it works because I know that sounds weird to say a clean drug, but it is a clean, it's a clean medication, meaning that it's not a controlled substance. It's not an addictive substance. It's, it literally has such minimal side effects that I'm like, <laughs> wow that's actually incredible i'm really happy about it so um we'll see i pick it up this week so we'll see how it goes Ooh, yeah keep us posted i will you know, he's really busy in his life you've got narcolepsy and did that and you've always been intuitive and a medium do you want to talk a little bit how that kind of flows together and um yeah. how it yeah. doesn't and what you're <laughs> with that and how you got into channeling and XYZ. Yeah. Well, I have you to thank for channeling because you kind of got me, you kind of pushed me towards it. No, I've always known. And I think we've talked about this for people who don't know in my soul, in the soul chat that I did as well, but I've always known that I was super intuitive with things. Art at a young age with me was, I would draw things that weren't there that I saw and I heard. Um, and listen, I can differentiate between hypnagogic hallucinations and actual encounters with yeah, spirits and spirit guides and you know all that so I know the difference you know at a young age I was I was drawing a lot and and drawing certain things and and then I started astral traveling really young and I didn't know I had narcolepsy at the time obviously but I was like when the first time I astral traveled I remember talking to my aunt because she was like me she would always tell me about her spirit guides and she would always say I saw this and I and I was like okay and she literally had a poltergeist in her house when I was three and she, this poltergeist like I witnessed it they, they the poltergeist would do you know what poltergeist do mischief turn her radio on turn it up or change the radio station or sometimes just to prove a point would take scissors out of the drawer and put them next to her bed 
and she'd wake up with scissors next to her bed, you know, like she'd wake up in the morning and there would be a throw rug next to her bed, completely soaking wet for no apparent reason whatsoever. So, you know, I grew up in this, this house of nobody tried to sway me in any other direction of saying, no, you're not intuitive. You're not seeing these things or, or talking to these entities or spirits or whatever you're doing. The first time I astral traveled, I went to my aunt and I was like, I just had this, I should say the first time I like realized that this was astral travel, you know, I was like, Whoa, what was that? And I went to my aunt and she goes, I have some books for you to read. And I was like, okay. And I was probably in middle school at the time. And she's like, I was like, okay, books. And she's like, no, just trust me. And they were books on the afterlife. They were books on astral projection, astral traveling, how to differentiate between astral projection, astral traveling, um, lucid dreaming, prophetic dreaming. So you knew like when I travel, I know because I can feel the frequency change. When I dream, things aren't in a sequential order. They're not in a logical chronological order. When I astral travel, they are. And I'm actually standing outside of the whole scene and I'm watching it. Even if I'm in yeah, I'm an observer. And that's to me, I know I'm astral traveling. I think that narcolepsy has kind of, everybody's like, oh gosh, that sounds awful. That sounds like a terrible thing to have. Yeah. At first I was like, this sucks. But then I realized what was happening when I was like, this is actually kind of a gift. If you ask me like, yes, it sucks. I have to be medicated the rest of my life, but do do I don't want to say normal people, but do people that don't have narcolepsy travel as much as I do? Or am I just remembering it more? Or do I, you know, like there was like certain questions I would ask myself and I'm like, I really just think it lends to what I do. I've talked to my son a little bit more. This is where I get into the sleep paralysis of it is. So when we come back from astral trips, astral travels, you know, I, like I said, I can feel when I make that change, I'll be laying there in bed, ready to go to sleep. And I can feel the frequency change to when I'm going to a different plane, a different realm. And I just sink right into it. And like my physical body just sinks right into it. My spiritual body just goes, okay, bye. And it floats away. And I go off and I do what I gotta do. Mind you, I can astral travel um, and go through an entire world and event in seven minutes. So I hit my bed, I sink into it, I leave, seven minutes, I'm back. Seems like a lifetime, though, for me. But I've monitored it. In monitoring it and noticing when I come back, I used to be terrified. Because people always tell you about that whole, like, oh my god, I looked up and there was a black figure above me. No, that wasn't anything bad. That was you. That was you re-entering your body from an astral travel. I feel like that's such a common misconception is people are like, oh my God, there was a dark entity above me. I'm like, no, it really was really you. And I had to just go through this with my youngest because he's been, um, this is crazy. He's been experiencing massive astral projection, fully awake, fully during the day. He's moving to different worlds, different timelines, different scenes. And he's telling me all about it. And he, it scared him to death at first. He's like, why do I, I feel like I'm not here. Like I'm here, but I'm not here. And I'm like, had to break it all down for him. Like, this is what's happening. Like he'll be driving in the back of somebody's car and he just astral projects to somewhere completely different. 
and removes himself. But I said, you're doing that as a cope. It's a, it's a defense mechanism. You can't be in that moment at that point in time. You have to be somewhere else. So you're making, you're making yourself available somewhere else. He did tell me, um, he had his first, her, his first sleep paralysis. He's not even narcoleptic, but you know, I've been so open about everything. And he told me the other day, he goes, mom, there was a, there was a figure above me. I was like, I was, you ever have those dreams where you're just falling? And I'm like, yes, that's not, you're not falling. Honestly, you're not falling. I'm like that. He's like, I was falling. And then I opened my eyes and there was this figure above me. And I'm like, yep, you were falling back into your body. That's exactly what you were doing. Me having the narcolepsy and then being able to have these gifts of traveling and reaching out to certain places, people I need to be, realms, uh, planes, all that. Sometimes a lot, I spend a lot of time on the higher planes, but sometimes I'm not so much on the higher planes. It depends where I need to be. I think it's really also helped my kids because I'm able to explain to them, obviously you have the same type of gifts I have. You just don't know what to do with it. When did you take that moment from astro travel, your all of your other intuitive gifts, and come to coding, soul coding? November 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was a big thing or something. <laughs> it was when Allie, I think, had said, hey, you got to look at these certain groups and this is us. Like, you have to look at this. You have to listen to this. You have to listen to what we call soul language, you know? And I was like, okay. And she goes, I think you need to get activated in your soul language. And I was like, okay. Cause you know, Allison says it and I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> I did. I did get activated and I don't speak it. I started drawing it when I was activated. I started drawing everything. The coding it's seriously evolved. Like it just started as little things here and there. And it's turned into entire artworks now uh, for people, maps, coding. The coding evolved into different dialects, I guess you would say. Um, I'm not speaking them, I'm just writing them. I don't always know what they are. I don't pretend to know what they are because unless somebody comes into this little brain of mine and tells me, I don't know. And then sometimes I could tell you everything I drew. I, it kind, I kind of work the way a medium would work. And somebody says, I want this code done or I want this map done. I'm like, okay. And it's, I kind of need that permission. I, I need to step into your world a little bit. And when I do, I get the messages. My hand just starts drawing. And once I'm done, it's out. I don't remember any of it. So if people are like, well, what did you see? I'm like, that's why I have Kaylee. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> because I've almost done an astral. I've pretty much done astral projecting. And I'm only, and, and I'm not meant to remember what I'm doing for those other people. I'm only meant to remember astral projection for myself. If there's a really important message that I have to give to somebody, which I've done before. I don't remember the big picture of it. I don't remember everything. I'll remember little snippets here and there. I don't tell Kaylee anything that I remember either, ever. She just goes in and decodes it. So somehow we've been connected in that, in that way. She talks about that because when she does the decoding, she just finished the decoding mm -hmm. day or yesterday of the, um, of the collective sacral tethering of that crazy. Oh yeah. That one, well, that was a crazy one because I didn't listen to it. 
No, you, yeah, you, you channeled it before you even listened to it and everything yeah. in there. Yeah. I didn't, it was crazy to me because I was like, you know what? And, and then when I did go and listen to it, I remember messaging you that morning. I was like, okay, I can't listen to this laying horizontal. I'm going to be sick. And I'm really actually glad that I didn't listen to it before I did the code because sometimes I get more powerful messages in my codes if I don't listen. And then I go listen. I go, Oh, look at that. I was on. Like I did it. <laughs> you know, like, you're really excited. Cause it's, it's a, it's a validation for me because I, since I started doing this, I've questioned myself over and over. Like, am I really doing this? Like what's going on? I've been told time and time again, I'm getting it right. So I must be doing something right or I'm getting the right messages. Yeah. And Kaylee says that you two are so connected too, because she's actually just realized that she's yawns through her decoding. And she's like, oh, that's because Nancy's narcoleptic. Mm-hmm. She takes on the, that, that part. Yeah. Of it. It's so wild to me. It's so exhausting. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's like a safeguard? The fact that one person can kind of go in and get the codes and the other person codes it like, I've been thinking about that a lot because it really, it feels like it's almost like a protective system. If yeah. two people have that information, it somehow makes it, I don't know. I don't know how to explain what I'm feeling about it, but. I I actually think that's pretty accurate. Um, I don't think I meant to know every detail. I meant to draw them. Mm-hmm. I meant to draw it all. Um, but I don't think I'm meant to know all the things that Kaylee pulls out of those codes. And I do think that it is probably a safeguard. It's probably for a reason. I know what you're trying to say, and I can't really explain that either, but it's almost like a fail safe. Like, yeah. Or if you were to enter the spiritual realm, being the person who decoded and received, I think they would start to be less giving of that. And I think that we're we're chosen to do certain tasks for this so it's like Kaylee's I don't even know how we came about to do the code like Allison I know it was you but like I don't even know how it came about that you were like okay you code and you can decode I can't even remember because it feels a lifetime ago I can because Kaylee Kaylee remembers that's how I remember because she tells me so you had drawn something and I was like oh that's a code and then you started doing them and then one day went to Kaylee and I was like can you decode my map thanks and I just left her to my map the map to home a soul tribes map it's not just my map it's our map yeah that's how that happened and then she did that and then you both were like oh wait a minute it's awesome (laughs) it's so awesome yeah and because people would ask me well what does that drawing like what does that mean what does that code mean and I'm like well I can't give you all the details and I'm a Virgo like I'm a detail-oriented person so it actually kills me not to get all the details of why Mm -hmm. why did I draw that I can only give you little snippets and as a Virgo that kills me yeah it really allows them to go into themselves too also yes and Kaylee's a cancer so And I work really well with cancers, like (laughs) my husband's cancer, my son's a cancer, my coworkers a cancer. Like I work great with cancers, water, earth, you know, Kaylee takes those details 
in such a way that is it flows yeah water it flows I wouldn't be able to do that ask Allie I can't retell a story for the life of me and it drives me nuts because I want to be that person that's like let me tell you this story and then I just go no it's not as good when I tell it so that's why I'm here to draw it and Kaylee's here to tell it yeah it's beautiful how we all work together Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that fail safe thing but also you know as human beings, we're meant to connect and have adventures together. So if we came in with our all-knowing self-knowing, I mean, we can't do everything, but like, like with all those skills, like, I don't know, personally, I'd be so bored. I'd be like, that was fun. And, you know, you asked, when did you realize you could do this? Well, I've been doing art my entire life, but I'm pretty sure I've said to you, Allie, before, like, this is what I'm supposed to do in art. And I walked away from graphic design for the most part, except for select few jobs. But this is the art that I was supposed to be doing. It just took me 40 years to figure it out. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's, it takes a lot longer for some people to figure out what they're meant to do. It took me 40 years. I was just like wasting my time in my eyes, wasting my time doing <laughs> this is a graphic, design, <laughs> graphic design and it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I almost stepped away from art altogether. And then this happened. And I remember when I started drawing the codes, I was going through so much paper. I kept like, I was buying so many sketchbooks and you can attest to this because we were in Arizona and I just couldn't stop. And I was going through so many sketchbooks that I looked at my husband, like, I need an iPad. I'm killing a lot of trees here and I don't like it. So, (laughs) so now I use an iPad. Yeah. (laughs) And I just wanted to put a little plug that map to home for the tribe is the logo of the podcast oh yeah that's so true. for those of you mm-hmm. who've been listening for a long time this is where that moment originates from so yeah I love that I love when people see it too because they're like I see a uterus that's what I get a lot <laughs> uh-huh. listen I just draw what I see there's nothing I can do about it yeah well now like and I love so much too because the other the say Unistate logo was mm-hmm. like this I just drew it one day and I was like I'm gonna practice I'm gonna practice <laughs> soul coding I could do this I'm gonna draw I'm gonna channel my own and I drew it I did it in like the little like draw on your own text thing you know and then I like <laughs> sent it to Nancy she was like that's so great it's so beautiful and then she sent her version back to me and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh that's what it, I was like that's what it looks like she went I know you did such a good job. <laughs> I was like an S and two lines and like two little crescent moons. And I was like, I did it. And I, well, that's like when we were in Sedona, we were doing the same thing, like on our phones. We were like, we were at Sedona. Of course, it's like, you've got to like, it, oh, you're yeah. on lines galore. So we're sitting there drawing and she's like, look. And I'm like, okay. And I go back and I just draw something bigger. And she's like, oh, that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> that's what's so amazing is as we start to co-create well we don't start we've been doing it for a while now co-creating these and fostering these divine feminine relationships too in that way that we are really reweaving how we all work together and how we are really all like honoring each other in our own unique way and it's not about getting it out there it's about creating and that really sings to me too. I love when you just are like, so I went to this place this one time last night. And I was like, tell me about it. Wait, like, did, 
Oh yeah. Can you just give a quick little, um, little difference between like astral projection and astral plane? What's the other one? Astral travel and astral projection. Astral projection is more like if you're sitting, okay, so this will be perfect. You'll understand this completely. Allison, when you've been sitting in school and people think you're daydreaming and you, they say, oh, you're off in la la land and you've been completely somewhere else. You are completely 100% awake for the projection, right? But your spirit was like, bye, I'm out. I got to go. I'm, I've got places to be and I don't want to be sitting in this classroom right now. That's right. projection. Um, some people project to remove themselves from a trauma situation. So if you're in an accident and you decide to leave your body at said time of accident, that's you. No, I don't know who would do that. That's no, so not at all. I don't know um, that is a, that's a give an example of astral projection astral travel is more so when you're asleep your body goes to sleep your physical body and your spirit leaves and goes to different planes different lives different i mean i've i've visited the other side i've visited other planes i've visited higher planes lower planes i've had so many like the one i had the other night was I think I sent it to you. I I literally wake up in the middle of the night, write those words. Yeah. And they make no sense. Like 16 Salem. I knew that exactly what that was about. Yeah. So this one was 16. This one was November 29th. So just a couple days ago, 1615 Salem. You know, mother, I was thinking of burying father in the gardens with the east of the grim. As they make no sense to me whatsoever. And it says, dear, why would you want to do that? Because we are strong, powerful witches. She appears over her father, knowing it was only a transfiguration of her mother. And in her evil eyes, shine in the moonlight as they struggle. She was not afraid of the dark anymore. Then my spirit returned from its travel. This is the stuff I go to and see. I love it. <laughs> I'm here for whatever that scenario that was. Yeah. Well, in 1615 in human design, this, this is where I go today. Because, you know, you guys know, I don't know if you guys know my life's human design. No, 1615 is when the um, pattern started, the pattern so of planning. She told me that I sent her this because she told me that after this happened. So yeah. I was like, hey, so this happened. And she's like, oh, it all makes sense now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Salem and witches. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's really amazing how we're all. I'm kidding. I just got a, a message from someone else today, another beautiful seer. And she was like, so I was in my dream. And I was like, mm, I wonder if this is a national travel thing. I need to connect you to now I'm thinking about it. And she's like, yeah, but she's like 1781 just kept showing up. And it was like, just sitting there black and white. And I was like, yeah, this really feels like it. Can I give you a little tidbit on astral travel and numbers and reading? Yeah. Could you? Cause I know uh, exactly zero. If you can read in, in a dream, And if you can read and you're asleep and you think you're dreaming, you're not, you're astral traveling. You cannot read in a dream. You cannot read words. Mm -mm. So if you're, if you are astral traveling, if you can read, it's an astral travel. Oh, so basically I never sleep. Okay. Got it. Mm -hmm. Welcome to my world. I think you've probably told me that before. And I was like, that's adorable. And then I promptly forgot it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's true. Like, and especially there is times that I have made up, I have written in my dreams. I well, dreams, travels. This must be another life or something. But I've written entire songs, and I wake up, come back, whatever, and I go, damn, that would have been a great song. Yeah. <laughs> would have made a great song, but I can't remember it for the life of me. Sometimes I write them, you know. Sometimes I don't. It really depends. 
on how tired I am after traveling. It is exhausting. It's mm. and traveling more than once a night gets really exhausting. And then the sleep paralysis is terrible. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Once it's every, everybody does. And, and the sleep paralysis is when you're reentering your body and my son gets it more than me. Actually, his doctor oh. was quite concerned about how many times a night he gets it. And he's gotten to the point where he goes, eh, I'm used to it. Like it doesn't bother him, but he doesn't get like I do. I get the sleep paralysis and I'm totally stuck between re-entry and waking up and I scream and I cry, but I can't wake my body up. So my husband, they used to, I used to scare the crap out of him and be like, babe, are you okay? And now he's just like, yo, wake up. <laughs> so it doesn't really scare him anymore. <laughs> that happened to me. Um, I was very frustrated with my husband and because he takes him forever to make decisions. And I went to bed so angry. I was like, what the heck is his problem? It takes him forever to make decisions. And then I went into one of his past lives. Mm -hmm. I was following him around. And when he died in that life, I couldn't wake back up, I don't think. But he said I like, I slammed my hand on him and looked him in the face and just screamed as loud as possible. <laughs> I remember none of that. I don't even remember like he, I didn't, I don't remember waking up and <laughs> then like re let at all. He, like, You're not going to remember it. Yeah. Yeah. You won't remember it. It's the people who are actually in their physical bodies that remember <laughs> it's us that we're stuck. And we're like, like my husband would be like, God, I had to wake you up again last night. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know what you want me to do. I can't, it's not something I have learned to control it. Um, but I've more or less learned to control the leaving to go travel the reentry, Not so much. Yeah, I, didn't, I I always forget that the sleep paralysis is part of it because when I that happens to me, I have to I like realize I'm like freaking out. And I was like, wait, I'm just paralyzed. I'm just in between. That's just mm -hmm. from hanging out with you for so long where I'm like, oh, yeah, what did Nancy say about this? Oh, yeah. Sleep paralysis. And then I have, I go, OK, brain, listen for your breath. Find something that's real. Mm -hmm. Get the yelling and screaming and getting up. This is not working. You're not doing anything. Your brain has to start telling your brain to wiggle or your body yeah. to wiggle its toes and like kind of work its way up. Like, okay, yeah. wiggle your toes. You can do that. It's like, it's a slow process for a non-narcoleptic. It's pretty easier than it is for a narcoleptic. We, our brain doesn't want to go, okay, toes move. It's like, I'm really stuck and I can't get out of here and I'm going to be stuck in this hell forever and I'm never going to be able to leave and somebody has to get me. Oh my God, there's a person screaming at me. What are they telling me to do? I hear things like there's so much that's going on in that, that sleep paralysis. There's so much. It, imagine being in a tunnel with plastic bags flying by your head. That's what it sounds like. Oh, that's with, with tons of people talking to you. That's a hypnagogic hallucination and that's and and then all of a sudden my favorite part is um if I do manage to pull myself out of it there's this big like there's usually um I like to think it's my guide and not something bad but usually something that screams right in my face like, ah! like wake up you know what I mean yeah. and that's when I'm like and I'll I will jump clear across the bed I know who I just heard that was Michael I know I know. Mikey! <laughs> everywhere lately. Mikey's Michael pisses me off. Yeah. 
He's your bestie. I know he is. He just pisses me off sometimes. Well, that's just your Philly, man. I know. I know. <laughs> so, do we get everything? Oh my gosh, we talked. I... It's literally like it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Well, that's probably too why we're so moved to get what we're doing in our life and and you know our our one main why is is getting these schools up and going and these Mm -hmm. sanctuaries because it would be so great if a parent like yourself could bring it their child like them themselves and say hi there are others yeah like you said because most people don't even know let alone narcolepsy let alone astral projection and lucid dream all of that stuff oh yeah yeah it's it's I think you're crazy Oh yeah. That's the worst part is like, so I just had this conversation with Taylor, a side note. This was literally this morning. I picked him up at his friend's house and took him home. And he was like, so Xander's brother um, was in the hospital and they think he's schizophrenic. And so he loves his his older brother. Like he gets along great, but he slept there last night and he said his brother came into the bedroom. I was like, Hey, the guy in the closet, like just kept mentioning this guy in the closet. And Taylor's like, nah, bro, there's, there's no, there's no guy in the closet, you know? And then he, but then he said, he talked to him this morning and he seemed, the brother seemed completely normal. And I looked at him and I said, and I want to put this out there to everybody that's listening as well. I think mental health is super important, but I think it's really important for doctors not to just go, Hey, let's prescribe you these drugs for antidepressants or schizophrenia or this and that. I think sleep is so important and sleep studies are one of the most important things you can have done because I was misdiagnosed for so many years and on so many different medications that made me hallucinate even more or angry or depressed even more. And like this kid could very well be something with his sleep center of his brain isn't working because this is happening at night Mm-hmm. And he could be astral traveling, but sleepwalking. So he's in this, this, this in-between state. And I literally had this whole conversation with Taylor and I was like, his parent, his mom should get him a sleep study. Start with a sleep study. I say this to people all the time. Yes, you're depressed, but are you getting, are you sleeping good at night? I know that depression is a chemical imbalance. I know that bipolar is, I know all these chemical imbalances. However, your chemicals aren't going to be balanced if you're not getting proper sleep. Yeah. Sammy talks about that all the time. So I really, Mm -hmm. yeah. So here's the other thing too, is Ethan is starting acupuncture on Friday for a back injury, but the guy that does the acupuncture treats, he does for sleep disorders as well. (laughs) And my mom goes, well, yeah, you should work on Ethan for that, but you as well. And I looked at her, I looked at her, I go, no, I'm not having my gifts taken away. No, I won't. I will not like Ethan, he needs it for an injury. And yes, he has some other stuff going on that I I'll get acupuncture done, but don't take my gift. Don't take it away from me because I know there's no cure for it, but I, I need this. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's like it. Crazy. I, yeah. I know. And I, I like who it. you are. That's so yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's crazy that I, I like, I don't like having a disorder where I want to sleep all the time, but I like that it, opens my eyes to what else is out there well the question is is it really a disorder or is it really exactly a new way and this is what we talk about all the time this autism spectrum and all of that now of course we're getting deep in the waters now but there really is so much value in everyone's individual brain structure 
And society tends to be like, well, let's just take that out. Let's fix it. Let's, you know, and in some cases like narcolepsy, like you were saying before you fell asleep at the wheel driving like that's but I was not I was misdiagnosed for so long you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so and here's the other thing about autism ADHD ADD epilepsy narcolepsy all the same part of the brain it is all the same part of the brain and it is it's just a wiring in the brain that yeah but for a reason I I think there's just a it's like you're saying it's is it a disorder or is this a different way of thinking and I I feel like yeah, for me, narcolepsy isn't, it isn't this handicapped. It hasn't made me incapable. Uh, yeah. Like I get tired. If I don't take my medicine, you better know that I'm not anything. You're not getting anything from me today. And I will know that I will have a massive astral travel at night and it's going to be a bad one. It's not going to be good. I, I know how to recognize these things and I've been living with it long enough. And I've, I've looked at the other aspects other than just medical of this. So I think that people really need to start with sleep studies for anything. Like I've considered getting one done for Taylor, even just for his ADHD, because he's just awake all the time. He does not sleep. I I would like to know what his sleep cycle is. I would like to know how his cycles go because that can explain a lot. Yep. They talk about that. Hi, sorry. I'm going to bring up my obsession again, guys. It's just happening. All right. That's what they talk about in human design, that each individual has a different way. So if you have an open sacral, like if you're a projector or a reflector or a manifestor, yeah. you're supposed to sleep completely alone, at least six feet away from any other being to allow yourself to regulate your aura and your energy wow. as you absorb so much because the sacral is the life force, right? So these beautiful unicorn manifesting generators and these generators, they literally can, they create life force. So the other non-energy types don't, so they just absorb it. So they, nobody rests when they're together. So there was like, Raul who talks about it. He's like, he's like, I know it's crazy, but he's like, you should really be sleeping by yourself. And, and it's so funny because in our household, Jared and I have just kind of naturally done that because he snores really loud. And I was like, I can't take this, but it's so interesting how sleep you're right is so important because it is when we're tired, especially I don't know. People talk to me and I was like, I know you're speaking, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's words coming out of your mouth, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I mean, I'd love, to, I want to look into Taylor's human design because he seems to, his sleep schedule is just, you know, you've known him since he was little yeah. out. His sleep schedule has been, wow. he'll be up in the middle of the night walking in circles. Yeah. His brain is always busy. And I think if he could learn to because in turn, it has made him tired during the day. It's made him depressed. He doesn't go to school. He homeschools because he can't be in a classroom all day, you know, and he does amazing with his online school. So I'm just like, fine. If that's, if you work better at night, then more power to you. You work. My takeaway from all this and telling and, you know, informing other people is sleep. Just get yourself a sleep study. See how you sleep at night from being hooked into all those things. It's, it's cool to see that. But I just think too, if you have any type of mental health issues, I think that's a place to start instead of the doctor going, well, we're going to put you on this medicine and this medicine and this medicine, because those medicines all can affect your heart and your body in so many bad ways. Unfortunately for me, I have to be on one that does that. And I don't really have a choice if I want to have a life, like a human life. Ethan and I both take breaks. So we'll take medicine breaks. And 
on a weekend, I might say, are we doing anything today? And if Stefan says, no, I go, okay, I'm not taking my medicine. I'm sleeping today. And he goes, okay. And that helps you kind of keep your whole system working. Yes. And the other thing that helps me too, is I live in a state where um, marijuana is legal. So I literally offset my medication from the, and I do not do this all the time just because I don't feel I need to, but there are certain days that my medication has gone into my brain and my brain goes, you're not shutting off today. And anybody who knows me knows that I have, I can't have hands that sit still. Like I will play with things. I draw, I will go out to watch a football game at the bar and bring my iPad with me to draw because my hands can't sit still. If my medicine is making my brain not sit still and my hands not sit still, that's when I go, okay, time for a gummy. So I can offset all of it and actually sleep. Yeah. Teach your plants. It's like nature prepared us for all of the things that we need. Amazing. I was just watching a TikTok about that. And I was Mm -hmm. like, interesting. Oh, it was the guy. And he was talking about other teacher plants that were mm-hmm. helping with very similar um, al- Alzheimer's and dementia and his, how his um, friend had gone through, um, he was a Navy SEAL and had gone through significant brain damage and how they spent a year at the hospital scanning and t- putting them on all these pharmaceuticals and nothing worked. And they did one, one time with this teacher plant and how it went from like 12 spots to three. And I was like, huh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I live in a, I live in a, this is the one thing that I love about my state. There's not much besides views, pretty things. And the fact that Mary Jane and the fungus crew are legal here. They are weak in microdose. Well, and you're allowed to do studies there too, which I think just scientifically is so important. Yeah. But microdosing is huge, especially, in a, you know, like we have all these veterans that come back with so much PTSD and, and, you know, me, I'm a big supporter of vets too. So it's like, it, it not only can treat people with PTSD on such a small dosage and it's a plant and it, well, it's not really a plant, but it is, Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, you know what I mean? But the, I mean, it's one of the smartest things in nature. Yep. Okay. The, 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 I, I just want everybody to go watch that one Netflix oh, documentary that I love the, yeah. what, what is it called? I think it's just called fungi or whatever. It's something like that. I have to find it now because it is one of my, I will watch it over and over oh, again because the, the mycelium network of, of fungus is so interesting to me. And I live in a place that has so much of it. Like the Pacific Northwest is insanely, there's such a huge network there. So now the key is to not monetize it and use it for personal gain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But okay. yeah, those, these are the things that I like to tell people, you know, like look at all your options, look at what you can do. Not, I looked at all my options when I moved out here, I tried to go off my medicine for an entire year and it was not a pretty thing. Yeah. It was awful. It was the most awful thing I think I ever went through in my life because I, and I know I can't be without it, but I tried to look for those options. That's a big part of narcolepsy is your mental health. Because if you're tired, you're not in good mental health. Go get those sleep studies done and and find out answers before you just go to a doctor and they say, we're going to put you on this. And you're like, okay, we put you on so often, you know, all these other things and lithium and everything. And I'm just like, "Mm, no, 
But fun fact, one of the main drugs to treat narcolepsy, does anybody know what it is? If you say lithium, I'm going to die. It's going to be great. worse what's worse ghb roofies are you kidding oh my gosh yeah i took that for fun as my own personal study in high school no <laughs> so it is that's some crazy stuff man yeah so they tried to put my son on it and i looked at them i said you want to put a 15 year old boy on a date rape drug in ghb's defense it was a narcolepsy drug before it was a date rape drug. Wow. So it, back in the seventies, it was very, very widely used to treat it. The crazy thing about it is in order to take this drug the way it's supposed to be taken, you basically have to wake yourself up in the middle of the night to take it. Why? Why? That makes no sense. And I'm like, you want to put a teenager on this? Like I have a pretty good teenager. My hope is he doesn't go out and drink and do drugs. I already know that my youngest has, you know, but my oldest, he's, pretty mm -hmm. clean like does not want to touch any of that stuff but i'm like if he was put in a situation and he was on that do you know how bad that is <laughs> like for a narcoleptic taking ghb and let me go drink and smoke some pot cool great idea wow but apparently it works really well i'm not willing to find out Dude. i was like we'll try acupuncture that sounds good yeah <laughs> no kidding yeah so that's my little insight on narcolepsy and astral travel and sleep paralysis and everything else speaking of you know maps and codes and tetherings and all that where um where can people find you so i can be found on uh the book of faces our epileptic master coder it's not my favorite place place in the world but i can be found there uh i can also be found on instagram Arcleptic Master Coder and TikTok, same thing. Uh, Arcleptic Master Coder, and they can also email me um, at artcoleptic at me .com. and the Policity website too. Yeah, exactly. So you're gonna stay. I'm everywhere. <laughs> all and the places. I'm all the places. I also travel. I'm everywhere and then some. <laughs> Watch out! Exactly. She's coming run to you next. Dun dun dun. We spent, we, Allie, I've spent a lot of time astral traveling to you. Like I I, there's times we've woken up and I've been like, uh, did you remember that? Like some things I remembered, I'm like, Oh, that was fun. <laughs> I know we're usually causing a ruckus somewhere. Yeah, we are. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, I think it's an advantage to me. It's an advantage. I, I love that. I don't see it as a disability. I did at first, obviously it's like, Oh, are they going to take my license from me? Are they going to take the things I want to do. Um, but, you know, in doing more research and meeting more people and just knowing more about it is, I'm like, whoa, this is like opened my whole world. Superpower. Yeah. I feel like it is. I feel like it's a superpower. It's not a disability. It's an ability. And it's called Fantastic Fungi. Fantastic. Yeah. It's an amazing documentary on um, Netflix. I love it so much. I love you. I love it so much. I love learning about mushrooms. I'm so weird. Science. I love science. I'm really like a science lover here. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nancy. And we will catch you all next week. Bye.